This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Uh, Going to get down to a number of items uh, just because of uh, coming up Thursday. We've got the World Cup starting after all this time. And we also have the U.S. Open in golf. So uh, quite a bit to get into. So let's just recap uh, NBA results uh, for the finals and the uh, Stanley Cup. Obviously, the Warriors won, which to the surprise of no one uh, happened. Uh, I mean, it was so anticlimactic, I really didn't even feel the need to register a thought on it, uh, except for the fact that LeBron James then felt the need to play the sympathy card, which is so ludicrous, I can't even get into it. I may dedicate some more time to LeBron in his offseason, but this is about the most I'm going to mention of it. Uh, it was a weak play for sympathy. He's better than that. He should know better than that. And he did, he did it anyway. It's a, it's a complete joke that he showed up to the uh, post-game press conference talking about how he had a broken hand when he really did not have a broken hand. Yeah, you may have, may have jacked it up punching the wall, but no, you did not have a broken hand, LeBron. That's not actually possible to play basketball with a broken hand, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, as for the NHL, uh, the Capitals won over the Vegas Golden Knights. Well-deserved victory by the Caps. Ovechkin finally wins the Cup. You know what? I give the Caps credit. I did not have them remotely in the mix for winning the Stanley Cup uh, once the playoffs hit this year. Just because, like so many years before, there was a, a number of doubts as soon as they went down 0-2 to Columbus that they were, were going to get rolled out uh, in spectacularly bad fashion as they have in the past in the playoffs. But... To their credit, they pulled themselves back together and they got through the hump and conquered the mental hurdles that blocked them for so many years. So I give the Caps full credit. And, you know, Ovechkin's got the the career mark that he's always coveted. Uh, It's always been held over him in the uh, uh, debate between him and Sidney Crosby, who's the best player of the generation. So uh, Ovi finally got one, and he's got the scoring lead as well in terms of goals, uh, uh, goals scored and total points. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how history remembers both players. Obviously, having to watch both of them play against the Rangers, they're both aggravating to deal with. But 
you know, I give them all the credit in the world because they are truly some of the greatest hockey players we've ever seen. Uh, so, especially in this modern era where salary cap have stripped away teams of having the roster depth that the, uh, year, teams in years past did not have to contend with, uh, especially with uh, the expansion of the NHL product uh, uh, watering down the overall team uh, strength. Uh, the fact that these two continue to excel in the latter stages of their careers is actually a good sign for the NHL moving forward. So I can get into the hockey offseason as well as the NBA offseason, but I'm going to leave that for another time. Uh, for now, let's get into the golf. So the U.S. Open uh, will begin early Thursday morning uh, with the early rounds at Shinnecock Hills out in Long Island here in New York. Basically, what you need to know about Chinnacock Hills is that they haven't hosted a U.S. Open in, uh, since 2004. Uh, that year was Retief Goosen winning over Phil Milkelson with a rare score under par of minus four. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, the PGA Tour, in terms of the major uh, tournaments, uh, the U.S. Open is part golf tournament, part social experiment, part torture device. Uh, for professional golfers just from the standpoint of the fact that these golf courses are designed in such a way by the U.S. Uh, golf Association that they want to make golfers suffer just the way that normal golfers would suffer on a uh, standard links course uh, in their own uh, backyard. So uh, to that end, uh, the USGA props up these golf courses to such ridiculous lengths and uh, makes the rough so difficult to navigate that it becomes uh, tantamount to just the most just egregious example of overcomplicating something that should be straightforward to watch. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I definitely see that there's a science to the process wherein you don't want to have ridiculous scores at a professional major where everyone's shooting double digit under par. I, I get it. I totally get that uh, standpoint. I just don't think it's reasonable from past the U.S. Opens where you've got basically par being the winning score of a major tournament in golf. And to me, that's not watchable television, seeing golfers just struggle uh, their entire way through as, as 72 holes uh, uh, on, a, uh, on a weekend, of uh, course. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, like I said, Chinnacock Hills is, plays more on a tra traditional link style. There's not too many water hazards, uh, you know, so it's going to be a matter of staying out of the rough. Uh, so uh, in the uh, in the long and short of it is basically uh, finding the, gre uh, the green off a of fairway is just going to be uh, the biggest hurdle that these golfers are going to have to face. Uh, and to that end... You know, I know there's a voice in the back of your head asking, "How does that? Uh, how does that shape up for Tiger Woods?" And I'm just gonna say this as politely as possible: ignore that voice. For all intents and purposes, we're not talking about Tiger Woods here because this is not the kind of golf course that Tiger's gonna be successful on uh, traditionally. Uh, I mean, the basic uh, uh, issue here is that. Uh, this course is going to play extremely long. So you've got uh, the two par fives are over 585 yards, and then you've got six par fours that are over 485 yards. 
The issue with Tiger is the fact that his driver is so unreliable from a length uh, and distance standpoint, as well as staying on the fairway, that, I mean, Tiger's going to be playing scramble drills more more than likely uh, these first two rounds, and that's not going to work out well. I mean, these are uh, dangerous uh, roughs, uh, patches, and you're not going to get a lot of support uh, and leniency in the U.S. Open. It's just not going to happen. If you can't hit the fairway consistently, you're dead in the water because it's it's just going to be an uphill battle trying to get it just uh, uh, in putting range if you can't get off the fairway uh, from the driver. So, uh, I mean, as if you spray it off the tee, this is not the course for you. I, I cannot stress that strongly enough uh, from that standpoint. So, uh you know, the key here is that the, according to the weather uh, that's in the forecast, there's not going to be a whole lot of wind, uh, but there is supposed to be some uh, wind uh, picking up uh, later uh, later Thursday evening into Friday morning. Uh, so basically the golfers who are going to have the, uh, the advantage here would be the ones who tee off early Thursday and then late, uh, late uh, the later group on Friday uh, to kind of get through. So that, that favors a guy like Jordan Spieth. I'm not too keen on Spieth uh, just from how his game has shaped up. Uh, overall, uh, he didn't look good at the Memorial last week. Uh, if I were looking at this objectively and not through the fantasy lens and it's just uh, straight on odds betting, uh, you know, Vegas has uh, Dustin Johnson as the prohibitive favorite with good reason. Uh, you know, uh, Johnson's on top of his game. And, you know, I don't look at arbitrary stats like uh, Justin jo- Dustin Johnson winning the Memorial that no one who has won the Memorial the week before the U.S. Open has never won the U.S. Open. To me, that that's, that's not really a helpful stat. I'm looking at the actual courses and how they're set up. Uh, Johnson... Overall game, very strong. He's uh, hitting fairways uh, consistently. To me, this is a setup for uh, him to do very well in. You also have uh, uh, Justin Rose, uh, who would also be uh, a great uh, uh, option in terms of uh, potential uh, uh, candidate to uh, win a course uh, such as this one. So outside of uh, looking at Dustin Johnson and uh, uh, Justin Rose, you know who else would be people that I uh, would consider to be uh, uh, con- uh, candidates for actually winning this tournament? I, I look at a-, a guy like Henrik Stenson, a pure ball striker, uh, should do well on a course uh, set up uh, in this fashion, uh, where it's a links style course. Then you have uh, the actual leader in driving uh, range uh, on the PGA Tour currently, which would be Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, He's also a candidate to actually make a deep run in this. Just because, like I said, you need to have uh, length on this golf course. If you're not having length on it and you're missing the fairway, you're just fighting an uphill battle that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's a puni- It's going to be a punishing golf course for a number of folks because you've got over 150 golfers in this tournament. Uh, I, I believe the official number was 156. Uh uh, but, uh, you know, the cut's going to be 60. So, you know, there are going to be a number of golfers left out of this uh, by the end of Friday. And 
I mean, I look at that and I, I just always say that, you know, at the end of the day, if you've got over uh, 80, 90 guys not making a cut, I got to go with the ball strikers and the guys who are going to have uh, length and accuracy. Uh, that, to me, is the most important plays in a U.S. Uh, open format because, again, with uh, too many guys uh, in, in, the, in the mix here and you need to get to par, I mean, maybe you can get a, a stroke or two under, but that's asking a lot. You need to get the steady eddies to uh, avoid the negative uh, downfalls of uh, going bogey-bogey uh, on consecutive holes and uh, just uh, try to keep their head above water because, you know, once that downward spiral happens, it, it will happen quickly and just uh, break you the, the rest of the way. So uh, I look at this uh, from the standpoint of if you can uh, find those guys that would be relatively uh, in a decent spot, especially from a fantasy standpoint, uh, you know, we're looking to at least get four out of the six uh, golfers selected uh, to, uh, to make the cut. I mean, if you look at the numbers last year, uh, it was about 9% who, uh, for players uh, on uh, DraftKings and FanDuel that had five out of the six uh, golfers uh, make the cut. And, you know, 1% actually had all six. So, again, uh, the odds are not necessarily in your favor of getting all, all the golfers right. But at least uh, what uh, we can do is uh, get a, a sense of uh, who makes the uh, – who has a legitimate shot of being your uh, your uh, your front runners, and then you get at least the, the dark horse guys who can at least uh, keep you above water without blowing up completely. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. So, it's it's a it's a case of uh, you know outside of uh, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose, uh, who are the other guys uh, that you kind of look at from a fancy uh, aspect for, on DraftKings and FanDuel. So, Rory McIlroy is another uh, guy who would be kind of a uh, under the radar, if you will, because uh, he's a uh, eleven thousand five hundred on DraftKings. 11-7 on uh, FanDuel. You know, the issue with Rory is always the putter uh, with him. It's not about uh, the driving or a sh- short game. It- it's it's strictly the putting. And, you know, uh, in terms of uh, the format here, he should be a decent play if you're, if you're trying to do a little bit of a contrarian off of uh, uh, Dustin Johnson. Because uh, right now, uh, Dustin Johnson is the high man on the totem board uh, on both uh, websites. Because uh, he'll run you 11700 on uh, DraftKings and on FanDuel, 
Uh, he's 12,400. So you're not going to necessarily uh, be in a great spot with uh, taking Dustin Johnson. My, my thing is uh, I'm not looking at outright win uh, tournaments uh, with uh, golf. I'm trying to at least get in the, the finishing. So I would always uh, pair my uh, DraftKings lineups with Dustin Johnson just because you have the additional win bonus on DraftKings uh, for fit, uh, for winning the golf tournament over FanDuel. So that's the way I would uh, approach it. Uh, you know, do Dustin Johnson uh, on DraftKings because of the win bonus. FanDuel, we can get a little bit more creative on. But I'll get into my lineups and how I came, came about selecting them. So uh, Dustin Johnson's uh, someone to uh, keep in mind. Uh, but uh, Ricky Fowler's another guy uh, you can always uh, make a case for. Just because uh, from the standpoint of he does have uh, a case of uh, doing well on link-style courses because uh, he, he finished fifth at last year's uh, U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, which was uh, pretty much along the lines of a links course. Uh, but the, the, the case here is that, you know, Fowler has a propensity to blow up at the most inopportune times. Uh, so he's a... Uh, He's someone who's good at scrambling, but I don't like having to uh, go with guys who need to use their scrambling to get out of jams. Uh, I mean, yes, it's helpful, but I would rather have someone that's a little bit more consistent. But I can definitely see uh, Fowler being a, a contrarian play uh, on a number of uh, websites uh, uh, just, uh, uh, just to use it. But uh, like I said, Justin Rose, to me, is uh, definitely... Uh, a play here on DraftKings uh, just because he's at 9,900. Uh, to me, Justin Rose should be considered uh, the second favorite behind Dustin Johnson. So uh, there are going to be a number of lineups that I have that if uh, Dustin, uh, it's either going to be Dustin Johnson leading the pack or Justin Rose is uh, leading the pack. But uh, th uh, those two are definitely going to be uh, part of my mix uh, as uh, the DraftKings strategy, just because of the win bonus, it's just too uh, it's just too tempting not to have them in the mix there. Just because of, uh, like I said, from a logistical standpoint, if uh, if you have your favorites, you've got to play them in, in DraftKings uh, in your lineup. But if if not, you're just passing up uh, on the potential of a win bonus, and that win bonus. Uh, uh, on DraftKings uh, versus FanDuel uh, can make or break uh, your tournament finishings. So, in terms of other guys uh, you should uh, keep an eye out for this weekend uh, would be Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you know, he's actually been uh, popping up in the top 20 for both uh, uh, total driving and strokes gained. And uh, he's above average in terms of uh, scrambling as well. Uh, in terms of the valuation, he's 8300 on DraftKings and uh, just over 10100 uh, on FanDuel. Uh, this would be one of those plays where he would be kind of like your secondary golfer uh, just because of, uh, of where uh, he is uh, financially, uh, price-wise, and, uh, you know, consistency. He's made his last seven cuts on tour, and four of those have actually resulted in top five finishes, so... Uh, this is one of those young golfers that he's not a name uh, per se, so uh, he's probably someone to, uh, on DFS websites, it's going to get a popular pick, but in terms of the national golfing public, 
not uh, not going to be that well known uh, in terms of uh, name recognition. So that's uh, definitely someone I would keep an eye out for. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I've already mentioned uh, uh, leading the PGA Tour in uh, driving. Uh, he's 8,100 on DraftKings, uh, 10,400 on FanDuel. Uh, definitely uh, one of those uh, plays that I would uh, love in tournament formats just because of the fact that, again, if you get length on your driver, you're going to do well in this golf course. Uh, the only way you're not going to do well is if somehow you're missing the fairway. But uh, Fleetwood's uh, uh, particularly good uh, with handling link-style courses. Because that's what the European tour is mostly comprised of, is link style courses. So uh, I do like the European golfers uh, this weekend. Uh, so, uh, you know, to follow up Fleetwood, Francesco Molinari is another pick that I would have on uh, the back end of my uh, DraftKings and FanDuel rosters. Uh, just from a price tag, tag standpoint, uh, it, it absolutely makes sense uh, on DraftKings. Uh, so, uh, Molinari is 7,600 on DraftKings, 9,200 on FanDuel. Uh, basically, he is uh, he finished first and second on his last two starts on the European Tour. Uh, he's been decent uh, uh, at tournaments, and he's actually beaten Rory McIlroy at, at uh, there was a, couple, a golf course a couple of weeks ago. I think it was for BMW, if I'm not mistaken, but. Uh, He's a uh, pretty much a tee to green uh, player, uh, which is what I am striving for here. Uh, so I would absolutely have him in uh, in my DraftKings lineups and probably FanDuel as well, given the fact that it's nine two hundred. Uh, to me, he is one of those uh, uh, classic players that you're going to get decent valuation out of uh, from a, a DFS standpoint. So uh, that's what we're looking for here when uh, building out uh, lineups. Moving on uh, with a, another guy that I would say is someone to keep an eye out for when you're because you're trying to fit in a uh, dollar amount. Uh, so DraftKings obviously is fifty thousand uh, budget, uh, FanDuel sixty, so hence higher price, prices on FanDuel. But Charles Howell, Howell the third, uh, you know, he usually tails off after the Masters uh, in years past, but. This year, he's actually uh, been making cuts uh, uh, heading into the su uh, summer months. Uh, he's uh, pretty much uh, across the board above average in every category. So uh, he's uh, in the top 70 for driving, stroke gained, and scrambling. Uh, so he's also played at the uh, Shinnecock Hills before for the 04 Open. Uh, so I, I actually uh, would play him on DraftKings just because He's 6,700, so, it, you know, it's uh, A, it's an experience play, but also uh, from a points valuation standpoint, it allows you to kind of sneak in a couple other heavy hitters uh, in that eight to 9,000 range on DraftKings uh, to uh, make the lineups work. So uh, just uh, going into the DraftKings lineup that I have for my main, I've got uh, Dustin Johnson, obviously, then uh, I've got Henrik Stenson. Stenson uh, runs you 8,800 on DraftKings. Steve Stricker, another uh, classic case of uh, ball striker, uh, Tita Green player. So he's at 6,900. Uh, again, not expected to win, but you know you're looking for guys who are going to be uh, 
playing well enough to make the cut and get you the points into uh, over the weekend. So Molinari at 7,600, uh, it's the other play. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, also in there uh, as, as part of the starting six uh, at 8,300. So uh, that's how I balanced out the, uh, the initial roster for DraftKings. And uh, my secondary lineup for DraftKings uh, basically works this way. Now, as I said, with uh, the secondary lineup on DraftKings, uh, this would swap out uh, uh, Dustin Johnson and use to Justin Rose. So uh, have a little bit more flexibility there. So uh, basically, I've got Justin Rose, uh, Henrik Stenson, uh, Kevin Molinari in there, uh, going to have uh, Tommy Fleetwood in there, and uh uh, Webb Simpson and Patrick Cantlay are the other two additions. So uh, Cantlay had a nice uh, performance at the Memorial uh, the other day. So Cantlay is at 7,700. Uh, you know, uh, he also has the AM PM tea time, uh, which again, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, shouldn't have the uh, uh, should have the best uh, conditions uh, from a weather standpoint. So that helps him in his favor of. Uh, uh, making a cut uh, in a deep field. Uh, Webb Simpson, uh, you know, another uh, fo- uh, person that, again, this is such a deep field that it, in terms of uh, being able to uh, play with uh, different formats, uh, Webb Simpson definitely meets uh, meets the mold. Uh, it's just one of those uh, cases where it's such a deep field that, I could see Simpson not making a cut, but he's he's a guy that's definitely going to be in the mix if he can just get past the initial cut line, uh, and uh, because he's he's not going to blow you away, but uh, if he can hang around, he's uh, he's definitely someone uh, that can uh, be in contention uh, on Sunday. So uh, again, those are my uh, lineups for uh, DraftKings over on FanDuel. Uh, Basically, uh, as I said, uh, with the pricing on Dustin Johnson being that much higher and Rose being that much higher, uh, uh, switching up a little bit. So, uh, gonna go well with uh, Henrik Stenson at uh, eleven thousand three hundred, uh, Bryson DeChambeau at ten thousand one hundred, Molinari at ninety two hundred. That's still a great deal. Uh, Brandon Grace uh, didn't talk about him too much, but uh, definitely from a driving. Uh, standpoint uh, he, sh- he should be doing uh, pretty well uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, being in the mix uh, also in the uh, FanDuel format uh, you get a little bit more bonus points for uh, getting Eagles uh, so uh, Grace uh, should be in a, a actually pretty decent uh, mix here uh, with uh, the players Paul Casey is another guy that uh, you know Pricing-wise, it kind of made sense here uh, on FanDuel. He's only 10500 Definitely someone who could be in the mix on Sunday, so uh, I'll keep an eye out on him. And Kyle Stanley uh, rounding out at, at 8900 uh, You know, a nice young player, uh, made a number of cuts uh, this year, and is rounding into form. So uh, that is uh, the kind of thought process I had going on uh, with uh, the lineups uh, on FanDuel. Uh, the uh, one other lineup that I, I would uh, uh, roll out with uh, would be uh, with uh, John Rahm instead of uh, having uh, Stenson. Uh, but, uh, you know, that would just uh, drop Casey in favor of uh, uh, Cabrera Bello. Uh, 
but uh, again, that's just more of a differential play than anything else. Uh, you know, long and short of it is, with such a deep field uh, uh, for the U.S. Open, it's going to be an interesting tournament, to say the least, in terms of how it plays out. Like I said, you know, the early round is going to make a very big impact on uh, how t uh, players approach uh, uh, to, uh, the second round of action. And if we see some guys just go for broke, knowing that they need to get to uh, par to uh, stay in the mix uh, just with the cut line, being 60 players, no, uh, and no, no, no forgiveness there. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, I, I definitely see this uh, being a case where guys who get off to a slow start are in big, big trouble just because the weather gets worse on Friday as opposed to uh, Thursday. So uh, if you, they don't score well in the first round, you could definitely see some big scores on Friday with guys uh, going for broke. So. Uh, we'll see how it works out, but like I said, uh, my favorites would be uh, uh, Dustin Johnson and Justin Rose, uh, we'll, but we'll uh, see how everything pans out on uh, Sunday. But uh, that's going to be uh, the rest of the show. I got uh, my World Cup preview coming up as well, so uh, stay tuned for that, but that's all for now. Uh, have a good one, folks. <laughs> It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll, I'll take Giselle, okay? <laughs> is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position.